Hey guys, Rick here. This is a replay of the Jock Market Power Hour that we did on Wednesday. This got really great reviews when I posted uh, the replay last week as well, so I'm going to continue to do that. If you've never heard of Jock Market, it is Stock Market DFS. It's kind of building out a really great niche and a really great space in the fantasy world. It's a lot easier to win than some of your more traditional fantasy sites, and you can uh, invest in golfers and other athletes over the course of just one day so it's a lot of fun and uh, I highly encourage you to join us over there Uh, if you have not signed up yet the code that you want to use to get a $20 deposit bonus is power 20 that'll give you a $20 deposit bonus and yeah it's just a lot of fun we talk through strategy for the week and because you can buy and sell during the tournament it is still relevant and we do chat through um, you know, some, some strategy and things like that for not only this week and the, ne- the next couple of days, but also for all week. So uh, I hope you enjoy as much as you did last week and uh, best of luck in the jock market. Did it again. There we go. Welcome in. To, <laughs> I think that's the first time I've ever done that. Forgot to remove the stream starting soon batter but this we're, we're off and running this is the jock market power hour for this week's arnold palmer invitational i'm rick Gaiman. that right there is joe idoni joe happy wednesday evening what's good rick um we got some exciting stuff to talk about as it relates to jock market in general and exciting stuff for this week i'm ready to roll let's do it Uh, Let's do it for the next hour or so. We are going to be talking through all things jock market in regards to the Arnold Palmer Invitational. If you are new, welcome. We've been learning. There are a lot of new people each and every week. We'll talk more about that in just a second. But uh, what's going to happen here is we're currently in the IPO phase, Joe. That means that you can bid on shares of golfers. And before 9 o'clock, usually a few minutes before 9 o'clock Eastern time, Uh, Those shares are going to be allocated because IPO is going to close. So that's how we're going to spend our next 45 minutes or so, Joe. And then we'll talk about some some in-game strategy as well. For sure. Uh, We'll recap a little bit of last week. Like you said, um, be ready because that IPO can close at any time within. I think we we were informed last week that it's a 90 second time frame. So it can come quickly like we saw last week. It can extend a little bit, but it's a good time to get your bids rolling early um let's get into it man all right let's get into it and you know getting into it i do want to talk about some of the um added trading that we saw last week last week was a wgc joe we had a great ipo phase and we're getting word that uh records are being broken we had a lot of in-game trades on jock market last week which is a a great sign of things to come if you ask me Absolutely. Yeah. So they, uh, our guy, Dave, who I'm sure is here, told us that they saw uh, significantly more live trading, which means there's more liquidity, which means there's more people playing, which means there's more opportunities. Uh, I took part in some of that myself and definitely noticed that uh, sort of the bids and the asks were coming a little bit closer together and a little bit more realistic in many cases, which uh, presents so many opportunities as it relates from, you know, essentially Thursday afternoon until Sunday afternoon. So um, this event is live. This event is fluid. And the way that this whole thing works, 
uh, you can add more shares or get rid of some at any time. It's awesome. This is the moment. You know, th this feels like a big moment when you start to get more in-game trading. When the market gets more liquid, as you are mentioning, Joe, it improves the quality of the market for everyone. It makes the ability to find sellers, to find buyers, and then potentially provide the support to the jock market for new things. Like we've been, like we've been yelling about, right? Hey, let's get some shorting in here. Let's get some yes. all this other stuff. Like this, this feels like we are making progress, which is awesome. I, I think this, I think we're all headed in the right direction. And, and quite honestly, it, everyone is, is to thank for that, right? Just being a part of this. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm getting more and more people ask me questions about it, more and more people interested as more, um, as they are able to kind of go through the approval process and get, uh, make it legal for play in more and more States. And I know Canada's coming soon. It's only going to continue to grow. So we're in kind of all of us together here in the in the community and the chat here are all in sort of on the ground floor. We're getting our feet wet. We're going to understand exactly how this works. So when all the fish come in the ocean, we'll be the sharks. <laughs> uh, if you have not joined us yet on jock market you can do so and use the promo code power 20 that's going to get you a 20 deposit bonus which is probably going to get you a couple shares of the highest priced golfer here in ipo this evening we'll talk about that in a second but real quick joe let's look back at last week because yeah. the wgc workday i'm trying to think we had a i guess we've had a couple of no cut events the zozo the cj cup the tour championship at the end of last year but a cash market in a no cut event is is something special and we saw that last week yeah plenty of opportunities obviously colin morikawa paid off huge for those able to get him i think he was around what did he it was around six dollars a share there which is wow. a great price um and, and look you only have to nail like a couple of these guys like last week i basically missed on everyone but brooks kepka i had 40 shares of brooks it paid off all four of the other guys that i almost completely whiffed on and, and you end up turning a profit. So if you can catch one of those weeks really is what we're looking for to get three or four guys inside the top 15, inside the top 20. Uh, it's go time. It's time to giddy up like Sal says. That's right. Uh, this time last Wednesday, Colin Morikawa closed at $6 a share. He got the full payout of $25 a share. Brooks, Brooks Kepka, $7.07, returns you $20 a share. And Victor Hovland, Joe, uh, he's not going to be this cheap this time around. He closed last week at $7.08, and his final payout was $18 a share. I, I Spoiler alert, I already know he's more expensive than this. <laughs> Breaking news. Victor Hovland's in double digits already, and it's 820. So he's going to be quite expensive and by all accounts should be, right? Um, I don't know where that's going to end, but he's playing so good. Obviously, the quad on uh, number nine, which I think was his, maybe his last hole of the day, maybe not, it but it, it, yeah. it, it killed him, right? He would have won the tournament otherwise. The ball striking was phenomenal. He seems just so, and maybe this is just his personality in general, but he seems so comfortable with himself on the golf course, playing in these PGA Tour events. Nothing can rattle him, whether he's playing with Rory, whether he's playing with Bryson, whether he's playing with Brooks. He is his self, um, and it's great to see. I'm rooting, obviously, for Vic. He's a great for the game and continues to play great, great golf. 
He certainly does. And, you know, it, it is really scary where he's got the game and the mental side of it already at such a young age. It's it's kind of spooky. And if there's any questions uh, about Jock Market, throw them in the chat. This is a very interactive live chat. So happy to bring up any questions or comments or anything like that. Players you want to talk about, players you maybe don't want us to talk about, throw those in the chat as well. <laughs> but just to kind of put this into perspective for Victor Hovland, you know, this is uh, this is all the data from every single cash market. It's available for free on rickrungood.com. Look at the last five weeks for Victor Hovland. So, of course, he wins at Mayakoba, gets you 212% ROI, uh, doubles his money at the Farmers, uh, 75% ROI at the Genesis, and 154% at the workday. He had a rough uh, tournament of champions, but otherwise he has been absolutely phenomenal here in the cash jock market. No doubt about it. Yeah, deservingly so. He's been playing great golf. That said, at the same token, um, his IPO price this week is already basically three bucks higher than any of those there. So you're going to pay a premium if you still feel real good about Hovland this week. Bay Hill, Arnold Palmer yeah. Invitational, absolute staple on the PGA Tour down in your neck of the woods. I guess Orlando's not all that close. How close are you to Orlando, Joe? Uh, two and a half hours. Frequent okay. there quite often. Wife's a big fan of Disney. <laughs> there you go. So is Jason Day. So maybe as, as long as we can keep him, if we can keep him in the tournament this week, I think I think he'll be just fine. But uh, you know, to me, this is a ball striker's paradise. And and we saw this course really bite back last year. It was actually to to par relative to par the most difficult course we had on tour last season. So there's only one major in there, and the winds did kick up. I don't expect it to be anywhere near the difficulty that Terrell Hatton won this with last year. He's four under winning this golf tournament, but you you do have to be sharp around here nothing is given to you at bay hill absolutely and it plays a lot like um in some respects most of these florida golf courses and and you can't overpower these courses um it's a ball strikers it's an approach shot it's iron play that's what wins here that's why we saw colin morikawa win last week that's why we saw vic hovland make such a good run last week it's not bomb and gouge part of the reason why we don't see um, some of these longer, hit, you know, Dustin and, and even Rory, even though he's teeing up this week, some of these guys don't like to play a whole lot in Florida um, because there's just water. There's so much trouble off the tee. It's more so find the fairways and then attack pins with your irons. But you got to do it from the fairways. I've seen some tweets this week and their rough looks gnarly. Now, we've all fallen victim to a, a picture on Twitter before where the rough looks gnarly. It doesn't end up playing that bad. I think they've grown it up. It always plays very um typically very firm and fast on the greens and they're very tough. Um, so yeah, I expect it to be a difficult course. I expect it to be around 10, 12, 14 under par as a winning score. And uh, it'll be a good test. I have read uh, the rough around the green specifically as squirrely, which means you can get a good lie. You can get a terrible lie. You are just kind of at the luck of the draw. And Bernie is in the chat and we welcome him back. And he, he wants to know if Victor Hovland is going to break the record for the most expensive golfer in IPO tonight, Joe. Now, if you remember back to, I believe it was the, I think it was the waste management. I always keep saying the yes. American Express. I'm pretty sure it was waste management. Yeah, it was waste. Uh, yep. that, thank you. John Rahm closed at $12.51. That's the most expensive any golfer has been. So to put that into perspective, if if, if Victor Ovlin goes for $12.50 this week, he's going to have to finish seventh or better to pay off that price. Will Victor Hovland get anywhere close to that number this week? I don't think so. I'm not willing to quite go that high on Vic Hovland. Um, you know, we were talking just briefly before we went on the air here, but it's kind of a 
uh, oh, I kind of expect some volatility this week, not only because of the golf course and how difficult it plays and how trouble and double bogeys lurk out there for everyone, um, but it's kind of in a weird spot. It's sandwiched between a, a new WGC event where they all had to prepare for a new golf course. Obviously, World Golf Championship stakes on the line there. And then they go to the players next week. So it's kind of in a unique spot. Um, I don't know that that betting on Vic to finish seventh or better uh, is a wise strategy, but he very well could come close to that price seeing where he is at right now. And talking about where they need to finish, that's kind of what we call their their fair value or their fair value position. And there's a question here in the chat uh, asking about, you know, if we talk about what a value, what value golfers that we like. So I, I kind of take this question in a couple of different ways, Joe. It could be guys further mm-hmm. down the board that we think are values. But when it relates to the jock market, this is about how much you're willing to pay for a golfer. And you go through this process every single week for Dare I say, every single player in the field, you create a fair value for, and then you kind of take your targets from there. Am I right? Yeah, absolutely. So I will set essentially a target price. Basically, to sim- in simplified terms, I take what is assumed as the fair value price for their break-even rank, and I knock it down a little bit. Depends on the golfer. Sometimes I'm willing to pay more than, than what their listed fair value price is, but essentially I want to get in just under that. Um, that's a target price, an entry-level price that I feel is fair um, and should pay back its money on these guys, and it's, and it's proven pretty successful for me. I think I've six of the eight markets this year since 2021 I've ended up getting paid out on, so it's working out pretty well. I'm going to try to uh, hopefully continue the trend this week. Yeah, absolutely right. And uh, we are about 30 minutes away from this IPO closing. So we are going to go shortly here to the big board. We're going to see what the current pricing is. We're going to see where the value's at, who needs to be bid up and all that good stuff. But Austin Blasky has a question here in the chat and Austin's been a a great supporter. And this is a really good one. And he wants to know what we think the biggest update or ad should be to the app, assuming as jock market continues to grow, more features, more things are being rolled out. Is there anything that comes to mind right away, Joe, for things that you'd like to see come in the future? I think there's two. I think we've talked about being able to kind of create a favorites list. Um, It seems relatively simple, but they've got all kind of programmers and they're working on so many other things. But being able to kind of um, simplify a list down from 125 golfers to really the guys that you want to target and kind of being able to view them all in the same place during this IPO as hectic as it gets would be very beneficial. And then shorting. I mean, shorting is going to be really cool when it's available. We all have guys that we want to fade. It seems almost easier to like, like when we were trying to say a guy's going to win, um, we're trying to pick one, only one, <laughs> only one player is right out of 100. Only one's winning, right? Yeah. You can pick these guys that you want to fade and you'll have a bigger success rate because there's a lot more guys that miss the cut. And if you can nail a couple big ones, um, notably Bryson has not played very well lately. So if you feel like it's a good opportunity to short Bryson and he misses a cut, that's something that I feel like can be very fun, exciting, and be very unique as well. I would love, okay, so sh- those those two absolutely come to mind. And just to kind of illustrate how bad Bryson has been in the jock market, he has never returned, oh, I just clicked off him. He has never returned a profit. How about that? Five cash markets he has been a part of. He has never returned a profit. That is jarring. So wouldn't you love the ability to short a guy like this, to short a guy like a Jordan Spieth or something like that? And then the only other thing that I could think of, Joe, was... And I don't know how this would work, but I, you know, the, the brains over at Jock Market can figure this out better than better than I can. But I want to invest in a guy this week and hold on to him for like a month. 
and see yes. what happens, right? I want to I want to hold him through the masters. I want to hold I don't know how that works. It might not even be legal. I don't even know, but it sounds awesome to me. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. That would be so much fun. It would probably have to be its own contest. Yeah. So I'm thinking maybe, I don't know, like maybe you can set it at a certain number of players and set it up sort of like a listener league. Like maybe we can have a power hour listener league where we have oh, like a hundred cool. spots and then we can kind of have a season long type of thing. Uh, we'll, maybe we'll get Dave working on that. That'd be fun to kind of create a little community field. Not that he's got enough on his plate. I was going to say, I'm sure he has nothing <laughs> else he needs to be doing right now. Um, yeah, that would be cool. Or I know, and I know some people as we'll, we'll get into the big board here right now, but I, I know some people kind of do this themselves. They'll, they'll invest in a golfer. Then they'll take the proceeds and they'll invest again the next time they play. And then if they get it, you know, so just kind of roll it over themselves, which is a fine way to do it as well. Mm-hmm. All right, Joe, it's about that time. It is 8.30 on the East Coast. We are probably about 27-ish minutes, 28 minutes away from this IPO closing. So we've already established that Victor Hovland is the most expensive golfer at the current moment, and he's $10.18. So what that means is if you're if you're a buyer on Victor Hovland at $10.18, you need him to finish 11th or better. So if he finishes 11th, he gets $10.50 a share. If he finishes 12th, that would be $10 a share. So already, Joe, we've got Victor Hovland snapping through the $10 mark, the double-digit mark, and I don't know when it's going to slow down. I think there's going to be buyers up to at least 11. What do you think? I think so too. Yeah, I think we may hit a little bit of a peak here for a, a certain amount of time until up till close on Vic, and we'll see some of these other guys uh, potentially make up some ground that we'll talk about later. But uh, yeah, I think anything over eleven bucks is is very much clear of my target price. So I'll probably be off it at that point. But you spoke to it. I mean, the guy's playing so good. He seems just ready to win one of these big time major events, and this should set up very well for him given the current form. The thing that's most interesting about someone who is as consistent as Victor Hovland has been um, is even if he doesn't pay off the full amount, it, it's seemingly unlikely he's really going to burn you, right? I mean, look at his finishes. Yeah. The, the, one at, the one at the Tournament of Champions was 31st out of what? I think they had 42 in that field, but he's gone second, fifth, second, first, 15th. Like, even if he's not contending, you can't imagine he's going to lose you everything. Absolutely. Yeah. It's five of the last six ones he's played in. He's returned a profit in there in just the, the approach numbers, right? The iron play. We talked about how important that is this week. They're off the charts with Vic Hovland, not only last week, but the last three events, he's like, I think almost at 19 strokes gained on approach cumulative over the last three events, which is ridiculous. Um, but have we seen many times, uh, particularly with the API, is it comes down to a hot putting week. And that's the guys that we see coming. That's oftentimes the guys we see win on tour. But it seems like this event more than most. Um, we see a guy have a crazy Sunday where they're looping in 35, 40 footers. And that guy ends up ho- holding a trophy. A lot of times not in the final group as well. So could yeah. present some opportunity in play. If you can get a guy to have a hot Sunday round, maybe a, a few few groups off the final pairing. Below Victor Hovland is Roy McElroy, who at last check is $8.75 a share. Terrell Hatton, your defending champion, $8.03 a share. Then it goes to Patrick Reed, $7.50. Matthew Fitzpatrick at $7.45. And then Will Zalatoris at $7.40. Outside of, I guess, Bryson's not up there. Those are generally like your top four or five favorites. But there seems to be a bit of resistance to Bryson, who's currently sitting down here at $7.33. 
Yeah, I think it has to do with a couple of things. Since the Masters, we haven't really seen him play that well, number one. Number two, he's just simply uh, burned a lot of people on here. If anybody who's ever bought in a share of Bryson DeChambeau has lost money on that share. At least in the IPO, but yes, for sure. Right? Yeah, at least in the IPO phase. So um, I mentioned earlier, I don't think you can bomb and gouge Florida. Now, Bryson, uh, maybe a different story. Like if he, when his driver is going, um, he should create some fireworks potentially this week on number six that we're all going to be tuned into. But I don't know, man. There's a price for Bryson, and I don't know if we've hit that floor. He seems to be pretty good value there, but we'll see how much that uh, sort of ticks up. Sungjae underneath him as well. I have some yep. interest in. Um, seems a little low right now in comparison to where you look at him kind of popularity-wise on the odds board. If you made me guess about who's going to be making a move here in the next 20 minutes or so, Sungjae is on that short list. You know, he is not only finished a third in each of his two trips to Bay Hill, but he's played well in Florida in general. He's been one of the best players in the Florida swing. He's great off the tee. He's going to be popular in all types of fantasy formats this week. So I, I'm I, I guarantee Sungjae is, is going to be flying up this board in the next uh, few minutes here. But right below is, is Paul Casey. And, and here's a guy that um, I probably think, Joe, you would have liked me to keep a little bit quiet on because he is he <laughs> is someone that um, I, I, I said to you before we went hot, you know, if there was ever really a place to roll out Paul Casey, it's here in Valspar. I mean, these these are yeah. the two spots. Florida courses that require ball striking and the fact that most people don't realize that he played so well in Europe in the last yes. couple of, of, of weeks or month or two. So um, that's a guy that I think, you know, see we'll see what the power of, of the power hour is to move that price. But I think he's yeah. a guy that you can get some value on this week. Very quiet this week on Paul Casey. I would agree kind of in general. Um, like you said, some of the, you know, a lot of us use similar stats and to get models and sort of strokes gain data. Um, that stuff, when he kind of laps the field over in Europe, ain't showing up there. So right. you you kind of can sort of sleep a little bit on his current form and some of the ball striking that we've seen from Paul Casey. Like you said, he always plays well in Florida. But speaking of, you know, he's kind of an unpopular guy this week, I think, in many circles. Right underneath him, I got to ask you a take on your guy who's probably the most popular pick this week that I've seen his name everywhere, and it's your boy, Sammy Ceilings. Is it time? Uh, listen, I'm I'm very <laughs> bullish on Sam Burns. I'm not even as bullish as everyone was this week, right? Like, I I, everything I saw, I'm like, oh, my God. And then I saw that he's got, like, He's like in the top five of most outright tickets that were placed this week. I'm like, this this guy is catching so much. I will say this. He's an incredible talent. It's why we've been, we've spent the last, I don't know, 10 weeks talking about him. It, it's it's He's so good off the tee. He's a bomber. He's a high spin player. He showed us a lot at Riviera with the touch around the greens. And of course, he didn't hold on to it. But listen, it's Riviera. Things get hot and heavy on a Sunday on the PGA Tour. I'm okay with him you know, faltering a bit or at least not winning that golf tournament. But, but yeah, I mean, there's going to be a price that's going to be too much for even, for even my stomach, Joe. And I don't know if it's, you know, let's call it 750, 750 would put him at what inside the top 20. I'm okay with that. I would probably put him around 850. That's probably what I'd be willing to go up to. That's a top 15 finish or so for Sam Burns. But I have a feeling just because what you've been saying and what we've seen, there's Sam Burns is going to catch steam in the next 20 minutes. It just, it just feels that way. Absolutely. I think everyone's got a nice little outright ticket on this week. It feels like, but um, 
that's different than this, right? Because the outright tickets, you can find a nice price. This is strictly based on the popularity of the users. Um, and most of the users are pretty hip to Sam Burns right now. They're looking at stats. They see that he's number one in strokes game putting on fast Bermuda grass greens. They see that they're running their stat miles and they're having him pop in the top five. It's going to be popular. Um, I think that he's probably, you know, I had, for instance, I had a target price on Sam Burns of $7.10. I think he's already cleared that. So I'm going to have to pass this week. All right, so we are seeing a bit of movement here. Sung J M has moved up. Rory McIlroy trying to get closer to that $10 mark. But I think this is worth a, an opportunity to point out Louis Oosthuizen here for a couple of reasons. He yeah. had returned a, a, a profit in three of his last three, each of his last three cash markets. But this right here, what I'm circling with my cursor, which most people probably cannot see, is that he is ranked uh, pre-ranked as the fourth projected golfer. Joe, which means when you get a tie for positioning, uh, the tie goes to the better ranked player before the start. And Lilius Tazen is fourth. Whether you like it, the ranking or not, there are only three guys that are going to win in a tiebreaker situation with Louis Ustazen, which does add value to whatever his price comes out to be. Absolutely. So he breaks all ties, like you said, on 122 of 125 guys this week. Um, second, and we touched on this last week, last week a little bit, is where it's um, very much different than the outright betting market. They don't have to win to return for you. So these guys, uh, Louie and Finau and Xander to some degree, and these guys who kind of have a knack for not closing the door uh, and winning when the pressure's on, they still finish top six. They still finish top ten all the time. Louie plays great in Florida. Louie plays great on ball striking courses. Um, I have him ranked inside. I have him ranked ninth overall. So I'll be very interested in Louie if he kind of flirts around there in the teens this week. One of the more, uh, I think, polarizing golfers this week is probably Jordan Spieth because you've yeah. got a lot of believers and myself kind of included that what he's done in the last three events is is real. And the way he's striking the ball is great and he's produced three consecutive top 15 finishes. But I start to pump the brakes when I think about Bay Hill and I think about the, the need to be accurate and the need to be exact off the tee. And that is the opposite of what Jordan Spieth is. So uh, I think he's going to be pretty polarizing, Joe. I, I I don't know if he's going to end up being a steal of the draft or or he's going to be the most over overpaid for guy. What are your thoughts on Mr. Spieth here? So it all obviously like anyone else is going to come down to the price. I think in a with a broader brush, I'm not real high on Spieth this week. I think many of the points that you made are very valid. I don't think this is a course that sets up to the strengths of his game. Hence the reason when, uh, you know, he was one of the top players in the world, he essentially would skip this event because he didn't have to play it. Now he needs all the official world golf ranking points he can get. He needs all the Ryder Cup points he can get. He's going to play every event he possibly can, I think, this year in order to gain a little traction. He does have a little bit of form going, so he wants to keep the gas pedal down, which I can respect. Um, I'm, I think that he's going to play well. Look, I, we know he's going to putt well. We know his short game should suit him well. His approach game has been very good the last couple of weeks, but there is a lot of trouble lurking off the tee around Bay Hill, and I assume he's going to find some of it. I tend to agree with that. Looking a bit further down, we're sub $5 at the moment. We've got a defending champion who's starting to round into form in Mark Leishman at $4.59. We've got Harris English, who since his win at the Tournament of Champions has been eh, 
pretty bad at golf's down here at four dollars and fifty seven cents. And then you can get your, you know, you can get your feels in here for a Ricky Fowler, a Henrik Norlander, maybe a Sebastian Munoz, any of these golfers in the sub five dollar, maybe four to five dollar range that are really interesting, interested to you, Joe. You know, I do like Leishman. You mentioned it has great course history here. Seems to always play well is a, is a uh, previous champion here. Um, he has his spots, right? And it's hard to quantify Leishman because you can look at some of the statistical stuff with him and he's never going to rate out well. And it seems to all kind of very heavily rely on his finishing position relies on the putter. Does he putt well? Um, I don't know that I can necessarily quantify him as a good putter or a bad putter, but he just has his spots where he's comfortable. He goes back to every year, seems to putt very well there. And then he has his spots where he's terrible and loses five, six strokes putting. I think this is a good spot for him. Um, I think he's a little bit undervalued at the current moment. Um, and then you mentioned Ricky. Uh, Ricky, Ricky, interesting, Ricky. Like I, I, just have a feeling kind of that Ricky plays kind of well this week. Like, oh my God, what a difference a good putting week makes. Yeah. Um, because he had been, didn't really strike it much better. Actually lost strokes on with his irons at Genesis. But he finally gained strokes with the putter, which we had been accustomed to just finally. kind of taking for granted that Ricky was always going to putt well. He was lost there for a minute he had no idea what he was doing he was walking after putts two foot off the face of the putter but he's back gained some strokes putting i feel like he really wants it badly and he usually plays well in florida obviously has the win at the sawgrass has a win at the honda this is kind of the the third member of bermuda's triangle down here in florida so we'll see i expect him to play pretty well He's running out of starts to get into the Masters. Nick Faldo's taking shots on him. Adam on yeah. Twitter. Things things are rough for Ricky right now. He's got to he's got to set it straight. He's got to go out and do something here. We're about fifteen minutes or so away from this IPO phase closing, so you're going to want to get your bids in right now. There is a question in the chat from Paul who says, "How much of go each golfer is there?" And uh, the answer to that, and Joe's probably better at explaining this, is you know we don't know. Right. It's it's dynamic. It's based on supply and demand. It is not it is at least not a public information of how many shares of each golfer there are. Correct, Joe? Nope. If it was public information, then there would obviously be a competitive advantage to it. Nobody really knows. I, my best assumption is that it's kind of a sliding scale and there are more shares of the guys at the very top than there are the guys that you see down there at one dollar just to kind of protect some of their exposure. I mean, if I had to put a guess on it, a couple hundred shares, at least for those guys at the top, uh, would be my guess. So there's plenty of room there to bid. And obviously that keeps changing. Once you get outbid, your shares go back into the pool for the guy who had just outbid you. So it's constantly moving around and people can uh, fluctuate between moving guys and moving shares. Yeah, this is certainly a time where, um, you know, those those bids are coming in. You're going to be outbid quite often. We're seeing Rory McIlroy uh, on the verge of snapping into the $10 uh, price okay. point here. So that's good to see Bryson making a move up the board. Sungjae as well. Um, before we I, I do want to get to the second page here because there is a lot of value to be had. It's not a huge field. You mentioned it. I think we're at 125 now at this point. So the the a larger percentage is going to be making the cut than normal weeks. So when I flip to the second page and I start to get into the $3 range, I see guys like Cam Percy who 
probably no one knows finished had a top 10 last week because it was in Puerto Rico and it wasn't at the WGC. People might forget about that. You know, some of these guys that uh, didn't play in the world golf championships, but are playing well, I think are good targets for this week. Is there anybody here in this kind of $3 ish range, Joe, that makes you maybe moves the needle for you? Yeah, there's a couple. I have some interest in JT Poston down there. He has had actually stacked a couple of good starts on top of each other. Um, let me see if I can pull it up here. But obviously a great putter. I very much trust him, particularly on Bermuda grass. Two top 20s in his last three starts. Um, you know, they have him listed fair value at like $3.40. I would make a target price on him around 4 bucks, so a little bit higher on JT Poston. Uh, kind of have some interest, like I always do. I th- someone made a joke earlier, but I always have some interest in Doc Redman just because he's such a good ball striker, and this tends to feel like a good spot for him. Uh, Wyndham Clark there as well has been playing some pretty good golf, always plays pretty well down here in Florida. Um, there's a lot of guys in here, and, and as we've seen in previous weeks, you could make some big-time ROIs in this 2 $3 range. That's where we see the massive 5 6 700% jumps on some of these guys if they have a good week. You certainly can. We're we're about getting to that point on Doc where I'm I'm a buyer again. You know he has had such a, a terrible yes. start through the 2021 season, but this is this is too low, especially for a guy who I, I think it can click for him here at some point. I've got another page here for you, the third page. But before we jump into that, Dave did jump into the chat just to confirm that there are the same number of shares for every single golfer, and those shares are being issued equally in every player as more funds come in during IPO, which makes a lot. Lot of sense and that is why uh we let them be the brains of all of this and we just come on the show and talk about we just speculate wildly joe about what's possibly going on out there we're just players man we're not the brains behind the operation we're just dumping our accounts into this thing every week hoping to return a few bucks Awesome. The uh, the third page here. So now we're really getting into what we would deem as these penny stocks. And I see names like Keith Mitchell, who, you know, I, I kind of go off what people ask me about. People ask about Keith Mitchell because he's one in Honda. And it's like, oh, it's a Florida swing event. How about yeah. Keith Mitchell? Nah, probably not for me. You don't look at some of these guys who, again, I think you got to be smart down here. Guys who played in Puerto Rico last week, guys who might reside on the European tour more often, like an Eric Van Ruin, like a Matthias Schmid, who is uh, a top-ranked amateur in the world. I mean, these are pure penny stocks, and I think they should be treated as such. Are mm-hmm. there any penny stocks here, Joe, that you are you think are worth investing in? So a couple of them, and they kind of have different reasons. Um, Christoph Ventura lives down here by me i know um has played really well sort of in this region is a bermuda grass putter has not been in great form but i feel like he's on the verge of putting i know that he he plays a lot with brooks up there at florida club so um he's he can play good golf the other one that i'm sort of looking at is kh lee so kh lee had like some some famous like 700 percent returns a couple of weeks ago but it seems to me like Anytime there's a ton of, of water in play at a course, whether it be waste management, whether it be the American Express, when there's water off the tee, and he played really well at the Honda Classic. I don't know if it was last year or two years ago where he had a top five finish. These courses that are surrounded by um, hazards, he seems to just pop at and I think could go pretty well here. And the last guy I'll mention really quickly here is Charles Howe. Um, talk about just a pure ball striker that I think is really forgotten about down in this range. Another guy, the form's terrible, but if the form was good, he wouldn't be down here. 
Um, has some good finishes at the Arnold Palmer invitation in his career. I think 225s in the last uh, top three, I think 225s in the last three years. So good course history for Charles Howell. You're just looking for to grasp it a little bit of a straws here down with these guys, but I'm just trying to to isolate a few that kind of pique my interest a little bit. I like that. And to add a little bit of context to KH Lee, he feels to me as the pure kind of feast or famine golfer. You mentioned it, the 745% ROI at waste management. He had another week at Sony where he went 224%, 93% at the American Express. Now he's also had a couple of weeks where he's lost half of your investment, but that's kind of the boom or bust aspect of Mr. KH Lee. So Joe, uh, we're going to cut you loose here. So if you're new, here's what we we, we normally do. So in a couple of minutes, uh, I'm just going to let Joe go have a little bit of fun because we are about seven, eight minutes away from this IPO closing. And we're going to give him about five minutes to really go through, make his bid so we can talk about uh, the shares that he got, the players that he got and all that fun stuff. But uh, before I do that, Joe, give us a general idea, maybe how many golfers, maybe even a couple of names of golfers that you might be trying to get in the next, let's call it eight minutes. Sure. So I usually try to uh, end up with around five or six guys. I try to get a little bit from each range. The top tier, I'm interested in Sungjae. I'm interested in Terrell Hatton. Uh, I'm interested in, you know, I haven't had a chance to really dive too much into the pricing yet, but I'm interested in Louie that we've spoken about. And then Frankie Molinari, who we didn't speak about. He's been really playing some good golf and obviously coming back to a spot where he won and gained a couple strokes putting. Uh, I'm looking for that guy. And I mentioned, you know, when Molinari won here, when Rory won here two of the last three years, they had the best putting performance of their entire career. So I'm looking for a guy that's coming in with some comfort with the putter and can just get red hot. And I think storm this place lower down. Uh, you know, I have some interest in Max Homa. He rated out really well. Isn't too high price right now. Always like me some Lanto. Matt Neesmith is another guy. So there's a lot of guys kind of on my short list right now. But once I can kind of dive into the pricing, I'll try to narrow it down to five or six. The top of the board is shaping up. Vixer Hovland has gotten to $11 per share again. That is essentially asking him to finish 10th or better. And Roy McElroy is nipping at his heels. Terrell Hatton. Bryson DeChambeau and Patrick Reed rounding out the top five. And here's the steam. Here's the Sung J steam, Joe. He's coming. He's $8.06. I think we're going to see that continue to climb. But uh, what do you think about the way that this board is shaping up as we are in what is seriously probably the final the final moments of, of this IPO phase? Yeah, in comparison to last week, to be honest, the prices seem a little high. I don't know if there's just been a lot of early bids, but a lot of these guys are sort of clear of my targets, particularly at the top here. So I may look to attack a little bit more of the mid-tier this week in comparison to last. And we found out last week that there is essentially a a 90-second window in which this IPO phase can close, and it closes at random. And I think last week, a lot of people were left holding their phone like, "Uh uh, uh-oh, I maybe didn't get my bids in as much as I would like. So I think the strategy, what we're already seeing this week, Joe, is people are in there making their bids, not going to be put in the same position as they were last week, (laughs) right? I think you're right. Yeah. People are getting them in nice and early, driving them prices up, uh, hoping to not get caught holding the phone, like you said. All right. Well, Joe, we're not going to let you get caught holding the phone. We're going to let you go at it here. I think we're about probably five or six minutes away. So Joe's going to go do his thing and he's going to let us know when 
the IPO phase closes. And I know this is usually when the comments gets real quiet. Everybody's got their phone out, but I'm going to try to steer you through the final few minutes of this jock market. And it is still Victor Hovland leading the way at $11. Rory McIlroy creeping up. $10.01. He's moved a cent since the last time I looked at him. So to put that into perspective for the former champ, he needs to finish inside the top 11 to make you money. If he finishes 12th or worse, you are going to lose a bit on each one of those shares. Terrell Hatton, our defending champion, $9.30 at the current moment. Now he has failed to convert on profit in each of his last three events, but this does not show anything he's done on the European tour where he has played awesome. Bryson DeChambeau is not going to go down without a fight. Currently $8.71. So for Bryson, what you're asking him to do is finish 15th or better. If you think Bryson's going to finish 15th or better, you're a buyer at $8.50 or more, maybe more. We're seeing steam from Sungjae. He continues to move. I think when we opened the show, he was at $6. That was about 30 minutes or so ago. He's now up to $8.33. He is your fifth pre-ranked golfer, meaning he's going to break ties for everybody except Victor Hovland, Bryson DeChambeau, Paul Casey, and Louis Oosthuizen. Sungjae is going to break a tie for everyone else. We are seeing Corey Connors. I'm going a little bit further down the board here. Corey Connors picking up steam. That's the ball striker mentality for this week. Harris English picking up steam. He's up to $6 this week. We're seeing Sam Burns climb, and I think we're going to continue to see that. So let me go ahead and give you another quick refresh here because this IPO can probably close anywhere in the next, I don't know, three minutes or so is I think what we're looking at here. We had a lot of people left holding the phone last week without getting their bids in. I don't think that's going to happen this time around. And we're seeing Rory start to start to fill the gap here. So Rory's now $10.19. He's trying to make a run at Victor Hovland. Remember, our most expensive golfer we've ever had in the IPO was Waste Management. It was John Rahm. He closed at $12.51. We've been close recently. We have not been able to smash through that number. Sungjae. $8.50, actually higher than Patrick Reed. Betting markets would disagree with this. The outright market would disagree with this, but clearly the sentiment on Sungjae at the moment is better than that of Patrick Reed. A little bit further down the board, we are getting some steam on some younger golfers. Will Zalatoris, the all-around stud, the next big thing, $8 flat at the moment, which is essentially asking him to finish 18th or better. He's done that quite a bit in his young career. Uh, Will Zalatoris, $8 on the number. Cameron Davis, $7.80. He is a, a, uh, we love him here on the Jock Market Power Hour. He's going to be a great ball striker. He's got all the raw talent in the world. He is currently at $7.80 and he's pre-ranked at number 10. Trying to see if there's a little bit of steam here. Here's Jordan Spieth. Here's that polarizing Jordan Spieth we were talking about, $5.88. He doesn't have a great pre-rank. He breaks very little ties with anybody ahead of him. Not seeing much movement here in the last couple of minutes. Uh, Jordan Spieth still hanging down here below Max Homa, Jason Kokrak, Corey Connors, Harris English, below all of those guys. We're moments away from the jock market closing. We're, We're moments away from IPO closing here. Joe looks like he looks like things are going well. I try to read Joe's face <laughs> while he's doing this. He doesn't seem to be panicking. Sometimes he's panicking. He seems to be in an okay mental space right now. I'm in full so, control. 
All right, he's in full control. We're going to find out what that actually means in just a minute or two, but this IPO phase can now close at any time. Uh, so we are in it right now. I expect it to close uh, shortly, and I'll get you a quick update here on the pricing. Uh, we have not seen a movement from Victor Hovland. $11. Okay, we're closed. We are we're closed. Done. Officially right. closed. We are done. So we'll throw up the IPO. We'll do Everyone this. Deep breath. Relax. <laughs> Take a sip of water. Take a deep breath. Tell us who you got in the chat. We're going to let the our, our dashboard reload here. We're going to let Joe chat through the last couple of minutes and what shares he did end up getting. So a couple of ones. I, I don't know for sure which ones I got until they transfer over to my holdings, but I know that I definitely got, uh, it appears, outbid at the last minute on Francesco Molinari, who went for, it looks like $7 and. I think 10 cents per share. Uh, I don't know what he closed at, but there was a couple, like a lot of those guys at the top that I really wanted. I got outbid on Louie as well. Uh, just were a little bit higher than I wanted. And I kind of mentioned this to you earlier, and I mentioned this to Chad on the show. I do uh, preferred lines on Monday nights. I feel like there's going to be some volatility this week. I, I just feel like a lot of these guys in the mid-tier are going to approach this event as – um, let me go get some points, right? There's the red light. There it is. Sorry, I forgot about it. <laughs> <laughs> We're shut down. Um, as you see these move over to your holdings, just remember you will see, um, it'll basically give you an immediate plus minus in terms of your pricing. Don't take that too much into account just yet. That will change throughout the event. And as soon as they're in your holdings, you can list them for sale. You can buy more from people. Um, that's when this thing sort of really kicks off and started. And that's what we saw a lot of the action last week. Victor Hovland closing at $11 even. So he did not move off of that for the final couple of minutes or so, but still very easily the most expensive Victor Hovland has ever been in a jock market. Rory McElroy, $10.25. And the glaring, the glaring thing right off the bat, Joe, is Rory McElroy. Uh, odds makers listed him as the favorite this week. He is the second most expensive golfer. Victor Hovland gets the nod. Are you surprised to see any name that is not Rory McElroy at the top of this board? I would say that just Hovland's had so much steam and he's playing so well And this isn't necessarily like setting a precedent. We've seen this a couple of times, particularly the last two events that world number one and seemingly the, the man on the throne of the pro golf uh, world right now, Dustin Johnson hasn't closed with the highest IPO. So uh, we've seen this happen before. I'm not necessarily surprised given the form that Hovland's in. But yeah, I mean, Rory is is the prohibitive, I think, favorite in terms of win equity this week. I also think that this illustrates the differences between an outright ticket and the jock market, where yeah. seemingly Victor Hovland's floor is incredibly high, and I think there that is getting built into some of the pricing for him. People are feeling comfortable putting their hard-earned dollars behind Victor Hovland because in, in theory, he's not going to burn them. So th this really does illustrate the differences right. between the two formats. Absolutely. Yeah. I think Rory has a lot more, a higher ceiling when he's playing well, and that's maybe debatable even right now, but definitely the floor is lower. Like the chances of missing a cut this week, I think are higher with Rory than they would be with Hovland. Bryson DeChambeau, $9.88. Terrell Hatton, $9.35. Patrick Reed and Sung JM both at $9.25. That rounds out the golfers above the $9 mark. Any surprises here? Any names missing or anyone that maybe we think shouldn't be here? 
that's a hefty price to pay on Bryson. I'll tell you, um, he's, he's a hefty guy. Got, he's basically got to finish like what, what is it? 15th or better there to break even. Um, maybe we've hit the floor with Bryson and maybe I'm going to look silly by saying this, that it's, you know, uh, Back in November, he was the favorite basically heading into the Masters. So the guy's got all the talent level in the world. But we've seen the sort of ebbs and flows of his career and how it's kind of been a roller coaster of extreme highs. And then he goes through these lows where he's seemingly searching. It's kind of stuck in that rut right now. So we'll see if he can dig his way out. 12th or better is what Bryson would have to finish to pay off that IPO price. Looking a little bit further down the board, uh, the two that stand out to me, one, Paul Casey at $7.80 just because I, lo- I I think this is a really good spot for Paul Casey. Uh, that's part of it, but also he's the third-ranked golfer. So he breaks all the ties except for Victor Hovland and Bryson DeChambeau, which is incredibly valuable. And then also Louis Oosthuizen at $8. I didn't know where he was going to go because the, the, the pre-rank of fourth, I thought was very generous for Louie. Um, and I didn't know if that was going to drive any of his pricing up. And I want to get your thoughts on those two. Yeah. So Louie, I had a bid on, I think it's seven seventy five, And then I got outbid sort of in the final minutes there on Louie. I really like his, I really think that he sets up well for this type of a platform. Um, we'll see if that pays off. You know, he's, he's been known to have some volatility to him too, and just miss cuts out of nowhere in some places. Uh, Will Zalatoris kind of was a little bit under the radar this week. I think you, you take us back in the time machine a couple of weeks ago and drop this same field. And he would have been listed as, is one of those favorites up there at the top. He had so much steam a month ago and it's not like he's playing poorly. Uh, maybe just some of that new shine has, has worn off in people's minds, but I really kind of where I went is I kind of attacked sort of that second range down, which, which I talked about on there and got the guys sort of in the mid teens. And I'm hoping one of them can, can kind of make a move. Okay. So let's, let's take a look at who you ended up here with Joe. So uh, talk us through uh, who you got. Um, You don't, you know, you can tell us how many shares you got, but how many golfers are in your portfolio is also what I'm looking for here. Okay. So I have, let me see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven guys this week. Which seems to be, if I remember correctly, I think the last couple of weeks you probably had five or six of the larger side of the portfolio for you. Yes. So it's a little more. So the last couple of weeks, like two weeks ago, I had a ton of shares of John Rahm at a very high price. Last week, I had a ton of shares of Justin Thomas at a very high price. So uh, while I wasn't paying double digit, per share this week, um, I was able to kind of um, diversify a little bit with some of these guys in the middle range. So here's who I got. Um, You know, both basically, uh, so my highest price guy that I paid was Billy Horschel. $7.20 came in just right under the target price that I was looking. Everyone else had kind of cleared their mark. Played really well last week. Um, I had a, I had some nice tickets on him last week with a top 10 and outright that gave me a little bit of a sweat there for a while. So he just seems in great spirits. He's in a great spot with his game. He spoke so much about how his, his comfort level back on these Florida Bermuda grass greens, good history here as well. So I took Horschel and then right below him at $6.50, I think there's some value on Max Homa this week. He's playing so well, very overlooked. I think a lot of people are just expecting the gas tank is maybe on empty. Um, I'll take that gamble at that price and hope there's a little left in the tank because he's just striping it so well right now. I thought I read or somebody told me that he showed up to Bay Hill like today 
or something like that took a couple of days off and someone was saying that's a bad thing and i was like no i think that's a good thing like just do a small little baby reset winning uh, as an emotional of a victory as he did at riviera and having to go immediately to the wgc that he wasn't expecting to play just get take a day off take a breather have a little reset i i think homa is very interesting this week i like that joe yeah so I that worries me a little bit. Naturally. I, I don't know. Don't quote um, me on that, but I'm like pretty sure that's what I. I don't know if it's yeah, today or he got there on Tuesday. When you're showing up, you know, in such great form. Yeah, take a couple of days off, reset sort of the the mind a little bit more than anything, and you know when you come back two later, it's two days like you completely lost uh, your swing thoughts and your rhythm and things like that. So I think he'll be fine. Next, this is where things get a little bit interesting, and I'm probably going to catch some heat. Are we going off the rails here? <laughs> Four dollar range. Uh, oh, man, you have to say it. I got Ricky and Justin Rose. Wow. Okay. The Rose thing. I the Rose thing. Okay. I don't think is that bad because people are not going to remember that he finished second in Saudi Arabia like three weeks ago or whatever that was. So I'm I'm actually kind of cool with the Rose one. The Fowler, and I think you were kind of getting to this earlier. That's. That's a hunch at this point, right? <laughs> it's totally a hunch. Um, yeah. And, and uh, I I don't know, man. It's a hunch. That's all I'll say. I don't really have any any good stats to sort of back it up, but uh, it's totally a hunch. I felt like it was a good price for him. It was under where I had him ranked, and I just pressed buy. Uh, <laughs> right below them, and he's actually not below them because I paid a little over 6 bucks a share. It was Mark Leishman. Um, I really like Mark this week. I'm thinking about using him as my one and done pick actually and going a little contrarian there and staying away from the top of the board because I don't know that there's too many other spots left on the schedule where I'd use Leishman. Um, Great course history. Just get a hot putter, Mark. And then below them, the two sort of low-priced guys that I got. One was KH Lee, who I spoke about, ended up at $2.54. And the other was Poston, who I also spoke about. I think he has. I think JT Poston has has really big upside, and I think that he's one of these younger players that is oftentimes um, maybe not quite the second tier, but that third tier of guys. But I think that he's really close to making a leap to being one of these guys that can that can win a tournament every two years and sort of finish consistently. Um, you know, make good finishes and, and make his top twenties and, and become a pro. Uh, I like this. This is a pretty diverse set of golfers. I think that there is a lot of upside on this list. And we have to remind people, you know, IPO is over, but live trading starts right now. Like we're, we're in it, right? I mean, if you missed out on somebody in the IPO phase, go make an offer. Uh, you know, Joe, like, like Joe might go to sleep tonight, feeling a little, feeling a little worried about Ricky Fowler might want to move <laughs> off of him. You might be able to pry some of those shares away from Joe, but it, it's, it starts right now, my friend. Listen, if you like Ricky, send me an offer. All right. He's, <laughs> he, there's a price tag on every one of these guys that I'll sell them for. And that's kind of the beauty of it. And at the same token, a lot of those guys, uh, you know, the, the guys higher up that I maybe missed out on, um, if they struggle a little bit and we've seen, uh, we've seen the volatility of this course, right? We know there's double bogeys out there. We know that the winning score is not going to be 25 under par, where if you start two over three or front nine, you're totally dead because the field's already seven, eight under par. It's not one of those weeks. Um, maintain around level par, maybe the opening day, and you're right in it. Get yourself to the weekend. And we've seen so many times these these ridiculous runs on Sunday where these guys come from behind and start holding putts and hoisting trophies, man. 
Yeah, that's right. And and we've seen uh, kind of the opposite, right? I mean, we've seen two and three shot leads on Sunday disappear in a in a moment's notice. It kind of goes uh, both ways. And and what we're seeing, and I I actually think this is a testament to how deep the tour is, Joe. That almost seemingly anybody can shoot a 64 on a Saturday or Sunday. It's just, it's crazy how deep and how good these guys are, which makes the jock market even more appealing because you could be holding a guy make, you know, making a move from T42 to T12 is a big move in the jock market. And you might not notice it actually on the PGA tour leaderboard. There's no doubt about it. That's a huge move in the jock market in this course. Um, like you said, holding a lead, I don't remember necessarily what Hatton's lead was going into Sunday, but what I do remember is um, if you're up there, this is a course that can frustrate the hell out of you. And we saw that with Hatton last year. He ended up pulling through for the win, but um, it can very quickly sort of get in your head with some of these very long approach shots over water where all of a sudden you're 200 yards out and you're hitting your fourth shot into a par four. So that can happen. That's out there. Um, and there's also birdies to be made and reward players who are aggressive and play really good on the weekend. So uh, there's going to be a lot of shifting up and down the board this week. Should be a very fun week, uh, particularly for jock market. It has been well documented that you you know you have your fair values um, for IPO. Are you doing anything similar during the event? How like at what point would you or is it all the eyeball test where if Rory struggles out of the gate and you see a, and you see an ask out there like, you know, at, at what point are you, is, is there data? Is it the eye test? Is it a little bit of both? I think for me, it's more so the eye test. I mean, I will typically take a peek um, at some of the sites like yours and fantasy national that will, will, will give you sort of these um, in play stats, as well as just looking at the PGA tour app. So you can kind of look right there on the app and you click a guy and you can dig a little deeper into his round and see where was he successful and where wasn't he? Um, is he striking the ball? Well, was it all putting? Um, did he have one triple bogey on a water hole, but play really solid the rest of the day? So you can dig a little bit into these things a little bit deeper, but for myself personally, mostly it's it's going to be an eyeball test and just seeing uh, I try to read a little bit more into a player than just the stats and see if if it feels like they can pop. And then what also we were talking about, which is kind of the the other interesting thing about this is players championships next week. So yeah. you you I you almost wonder how this affects guys where. Uh, they're going to all be trying to find something on Saturday or Sunday to carry over into next week, even if they are not in this tournament, which I, I know is very difficult to quantify, but we have seen free wheelers on the weekend who have nothing to lose, who are trying to find something be really dangerous. And I think we're going to see that this week. They're all looking for that little spark to go to the players and go to Sawgrass. Absolutely. And you said it's easier to sort of freewheel it uh, when you're kind of coming from the middle of the pack, right? When you're inside the top 10, sometimes you can get a little bit more conservative. You can put up a yellow light. You can, you know, raise the caution flag. And that's where you can kind of get in trouble, particularly around type of golf courses. So um, ball strikers paradise, all of Florida is. We'll see kind of how things play out, but definitely you have the ability to be more aggressive and freewheeling and go birdie hunting kind of from the middle of the pack on the weekend. I love it. It's going to be an absolute blast. Joe, uh, another power hour in the books. If you have not signed up for Jock Market as of yet, you're crazy, but you have time. Go and use the promo code POWER20 to get you a $20 deposit bonus and 
I'm excited to see, you know, we've been, we were talking about the, the newfound liquidity, the growing liquidity in these markets that we saw, especially last week, how that's going to carry over into this week with people making these live trades, because that's really what is going to take this experience for everybody to the next level. Absolutely. And I've heard nothing but great things from anyone who signed up using the promo code or not using the promo code, but just getting more people involved in this, uh, realizing how unique and how cool the this sort of setup is. It just it's it's a very easy sell for guys like us because it's so much fun for the for the users. Um, it's a very easy to, to sort of look at platform and easy to understand once you kind of get your feet wet in it. Um, and I'm looking forward to this week and next week. I think we're going to blow it up huge for the players championship. So excited for that. Um, we're on a great run here. This is this is golf season yeah. all the way leading up to the Masters. The sole focus of pretty much the entire sports world should be on this sport. Um, and, and we've got great stuff ahead of us. There you go. I love it. I'm stoked. We are on a great stretch of golf, as Joe mentioned, and you can follow Joe on Twitter at tour picks. You can follow me at Rick run. Good. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, always appreciated. We will see you next Wednesday night for the players. Good luck this week. See ya. Thanks gang.